Chapter 5 The Deal The boy opened his eyes. The world was still dark, but it was a darkness with depth. He looked around. From what he could tell, there was a light source of some kind. But he couldn't see where it was coming from. Everywhere? Or maybe nowhere? He wasn't sure if he was seeing for miles around or just a few feet in front of him. He looked down. Yes, there was definitely a light source because he could see his clothes, his body. It was all the same. The same as when he... died? You're not dead. The boy looked up sharply. A man had appeared in front of him, or at least the shape of a man. It was the same hazy outline of a person that he'd encountered earlier in the night. But this time, there was some kind of aura surrounding it. Even in this dark place, the boy could see ripples of energy extending from its body like its very existence was a weight that pressed against the dark space itself. It was standing in front of him, hands behind its back, head cocked to one side in an inquisitive way. The boy would have taken the being's stance for playful if he couldn't feel its oppressive presence pushing against him. So... Is that really what you wish for? The boy was still reeling from dying, or maybe not dying. He was having a hard time processing all this. This being, what he thought was his death, and the pressure he could feel emanating from this creature were causing his anxiety to rise. I'm sorry, who, what are you? And where am I? I... What you'd probably refer to as a god, or at least a piece of one. And this is... The creature spread its hands wide, motioning to the endless darkness around them. My domain. He finished as if he had just decided to call it that. The boy felt weak. Had he been this weak when he'd arrived in this place? So much had happened. His breath was coming heavy through his chest. Did he even need to breathe in this place? Was he really talking to a god? He needed to figure some of this stuff out. What? Am I dead? Did I die out there? Is this the afterlife? The thing continued. I said you're not dead. I will not repeat myself again. The nothingness of death is endless, while this place... Well... I'm hoping it can be a little less permanent than the afterlife. Which is why I've brought you here. Because I believe our interests can align. And luckily, being in this place can slow things down before your consciousness dissipates into the void. The void? Panted the boy. He could feel himself straining against this being's aura. Was it growing stronger or was he growing weaker? Yes. Panea does not welcome sinners into her arms. Also, she isn't really as powerful as all that anymore. Anyway, anyway, how do you think I've been feeling for the last thousand years? Endless nothingness is no fun, let me tell you. But luckily, we can avoid that outcome. For as you can probably tell, the gods you worship do not like me overly much either. Hence my position here in this barren world. The being gestured to the unending darkness around them. 
which is why it is so fortuitous that we both happen to be here, equally maligned by those traitorous gods of yours, standing on the edge of a possible endless void and in the perfect position to help each other escape. There was so much to take in. If what this being said was to be believed, all his ideas about the gods, the teachings of the church, and his ideas about life and death could be false. He didn't know how to think about this. He'd only recently decided not to believe in the gods, but he couldn't argue with the proof of what seemed to be an endless being in front of him. However, if gods did exist, as this thing said, then the fact that gods had trapped this thing here was a sign that it was evil, right? He felt another wave of exhaustion wash over him. Slow death down my ass. He was becoming weaker by the minute. What, what do you want from me? Asked the boy tightly. The being looked at him, surprised. I thought that was clear. I want to help you. I want to grant your wish. You want to grant my wish? The boy repeated. Yes, yes, of course. It is a powerful thing for a man to admit that he is weak. It takes immense pain and suffering to bring a man to the point where he realizes that he is not enough and must reach out for help. Especially one so stubborn as you, the creature said, beginning to walk a circle around the boy. I mean, look at what you've had to deal with this past day alone. You've lost your only friend. You've lost the only person who ever loved you. And you're about to lose your life. All at the hands of one man. Any man in your position would ask for help. The boy's anger began to boil as the god paced. I didn't ask for help. The creature paused, saying, Of course you did, boy. You just didn't expect anybody to answer, he continued. You've got the right of it, though. And so did that bandit. You're just too weak. You never stood a chance against that big brute. But even if you did manage to kill him, think about what you'd have to deal with after that. I mean, the Navariot, it said with a flourish. You've already felt what they can do. Their presence alone was able to push you away from your only home, force you through pain and misery to a place like this, and drive that woman mad at the very sight of you. The way you are now, They'd crush you like a bug. The boy seethed. This thing had called him weak to his face. But memories of Craven backhanding him to the ground. Axes breaking his bones like twigs. And the sight of the woman, blood dripping from her mouth in the tent. Face crushed and swollen on one side. And the feeling. The knowledge that anything he tried to do to help her would be slapped down by an obstacle he could not overcome. He could not help it. He could hear Craven's arguments in his mind, but he knew now, on the precipice of death, that he was too weak, far too weak, and there was no time left to fix it. His shoulders slumped, and he whispered, So what are you saying? What wish are you here to grant? I can make you stronger, 
I can help you fight them. I can help you tap into this enormous well of power within you and fight back against those that would impede your path. I can help you win. You must be talking about my shadow-touched power, my sin. So, what do you want? You're not just going to help me for free, are you? The hazy creature clapped its hands together in an eager motion. I'm so glad you asked. What I am offering is to allow you to fully utilize the massive power that exists within you in order to defeat your enemies and destroy anyone that gets in your way. In exchange, I will be allowed free access to your well so that I can exist outside of this domain. The boy thought about it. He could not deny that he was weak. He could not deny that the god's words were enticing, that it was offering him everything he wanted most in that moment. But, but he also knew from the slums to be suspicious of a deal that gave you everything and asked so little in return. There was too much he didn't know, too much he was just learning for the first time, and this thing seemed to know far too much about him. But he had no leverage. He was dying, and he could feel himself fading faster with every moment. He did not want to die. He did not want to meet the endless void. His life was just beginning. But there was one thing holding him back. One thing that kept him from accepting wholeheartedly. One question whose answer might make death the only option. He could feel his time dwindling. So he decided to ask, Can I trust you? Are you evil? The creature looked down, putting its hands on its hips as it hung its head. Then it began to titter, which rose into a chortle, until it raised its head to full-throated laughter, which seemed to fill the void. As it stopped laughing, the god began to speak. <laughs> So finally we come to it, the crux of the issue, the only thing that holds you back, the only question that really matters here, the only reason we are having this conversation in the first place. Why am I here, trapped in this place, unable to escape? Can you truly trust a being that was locked away like this, even if it is a god? Doesn't the fact that it's in a cage imply that it's dangerous? That it's evil in some way? The being took a step closer to the boy. Well, I can answer the first question right off. No, I cannot be trusted. I would do anything to get out of this place. He took a step closer. And am I dangerous? Oh, very much so. There are very few beings in this world that can rival me in that category. And working with your power, even fewer still. But the real question is, am I evil? Which is an impossible question, for evil is in the eye of the beholder. An action seen as a good at one time can be viewed as a great evil in another, and vice versa. A good man with great intentions can do terrible and evil things. Does that make him an evil man? Conversely, an evil man can do a great thing for an evil purpose. 
But if you never feel or see the ill effects, or if he dies before they can come to fruition, can you truly call the act evil, or him? He took another step towards the boy. It is not so easy a question, as you can see, but if I were to answer it, I would say that I am not good or evil. I am myself. I am powerful. I have done things that many would consider a great good, but I have also done things that many would consider a great evil to humanity, but to the betterment of the greater world. But who can weigh the scales of good and evil? Who can pit one deed against another? Who can judge the worth of a man or god? Who has that right? Who has the ego to claim that mantle? Well, in this situation, it's me, responded the boy. He saw the argument the god was making, but it did not answer his question. Fair enough. Then we shall take a different tack, for attempting to weigh the deeds of my life would take eons, and we have significantly less time than that. So, instead of determining to whom you'd give life, why don't we look at who you would be sacrificing your own for? Look at the gods you so worshipped, the ones who see all and who know all. The ones who watched as you were spit on and starved in the slums. The ones whose church ran you off like a rabid dog for simply existing. The gods who condone the killing of thousands of children and their families every year for the crime of being born with power they don't understand. The gods who support wars of expansion, killing millions over years and years of endless fighting for useless lands and people who will never truly believe anyway. And why should they, when their lives are burned to the ground around them by the followers of the gods they're supposed to worship? And don't even get me started on the sins of the apostle families. They are too many to count and too evil to speak aloud. The translucent being took another step forward. He was only a few paces away now. So tell me, boy, even if you could weigh all the deeds that I had done on your scales of morality, do you think the evils I've committed could ever measure up to those you know the gods have wrought upon you, or their own citizens, let alone the rest of humanity? The boy had ever only considered whether the gods existed or not. But now that there was a god before him, were the gods evil? Of course they were. If what he had been taught was true, then the gods watched over all and saw all, and were all powerful. So they had watched what had happened to him, seen what had been done to him, and done nothing. If they were so powerful, then why wouldn't they just remove the stain of sin from those who had it? Unless they weren't all-seeing, they weren't all-powerful, and everything he'd been taught about them was a lie. In which case, who cares what they thought of this god? Who cares what they thought about anything? The boy looked up at the outline of a man. The being took another step forward before speaking. I can tell you this. In order for me to leave this place, we must have an agreement. 
This agreement is binding, and I am obligated to do everything that is in my power to achieve it. So yes, I want to see the outside world, and I would do anything to get there. Yes, I want to take revenge on the gods who trapped me here for millennia. And yes, I will work vigorously towards that end while we are under contract. But I will also promise you this. Under our agreement, you will be stronger than you have ever been. Under our agreement, your enemies will become my enemies and we will deal death upon them in droves. And under our agreement, we shall conquer any obstacle that is set before us and lay waste to any who would obstruct our path. Under our agreement, I will give you all that you need to win. The god took one last step forward, so they were standing right in front of one another, and stuck out his hand. So, boy, I have said all I can to assuage your fears, and been as honest as I can, to my own detriment, likely. But given all that I have told you, do we have a deal? The boy could feel this was it. His very essence was fading. It was as if he could feel a nothingness encircling his mind by the moment. He needed to make his decision, and it may not be the right one. But he knew what he wanted. He wanted to live. He wanted to pave his own path. And most of all, he wanted to win. If this thing could give him that, if this new path aligned with what this god wanted, then so be it. It was still his own choice. If the gods, the Navariat, and all that they'd built had to come down for this choice, then it was meant to happen. It was built on a mountain of corpses anyways. So maybe it needed to fall. The boy felt firm, confident in his decision. He knew as long as he had this god helping him, he could overcome anything, even the gods themselves. The boy reached out his hand. Deal. The god clasped it, and immediately he felt more stable, like the weight that had been pressing against him had lifted. He smiled at the god, and the god smiled back with the outline of a face that had not been there before. That smile, it was off somehow. Panic gripped the boy as he felt something change within him. He felt weaker somehow, but in a different way than before. His eyes shot up to the face of the god. What's happening? He asked frantically. Happens quickly, doesn't it? The creature glanced back down. The boy followed his gaze to where their hands met. Shock gripped him, fear running through his spine. It looked as if the boy's essence was being sucked out through where their hands met. The color of his very being was fading, and as it transferred through their grip, the hazy outline of a man began to fill in, starting with the hand, then the forearm to the elbow, until his torso began to take shape and color. The boy panicked. He tried to pull away, but it was too late. He'd already lost so much. He could barely stand. He fell to his knees. The being, which was now taking on a very familiar visage, was looking down at him pityingly. 
I do hate to take advantage of you like this, but time is short, and I have so much work to do. But our deal, the boy managed to croak out, mind growing faint. Yes, our deal still stands, but unfortunately, now that I have control of your will, as long as I continue to pump resonance through the connection, I have full control of your body, and I won't be letting go. So it looks like this is going to be less of a partnership and more of a hostile takeover. But make no mistake, I will see all of our agreed-upon items through to the end. Unfortunately, by the time they come to fruition, your consciousness will likely have gone the way of the life-giver you care so much for. The boy looked up at this thing, this demon, hatred filling him. But as he looked, he no longer saw a blank, hazy outline. Now, he saw a teenage boy with long, matted brown hair, sharp facial features, and a broad, toothy grin splitting his cheeks. It was his face. It was his face. The only thing that was different was the eyes. Instead of blue eyes, the eyes on this creature were dark red all around, like nothing he'd ever seen before. Looking at that face, the boy knew he was seeing something wrong. The creature's lips parted, and he heard himself speak. Again, I am sorry to do this to you. But rest assured, I will uphold our deal. With this power, I'm going to light the world ablaze. With that, the creature with his face released his hand, and the boy felt himself being consumed by darkness, and his consciousness fell to the void.